It's time for Forward Nation Radio. Now here he is, the host of Forward Nation Radio, David Leventhal. Former New York City mayor and billionaire financier Michael Bloomberg signals that he may be about to enter the presidential race. Thank God. Finally, someone to represent the interests of Wall Street billionaires. You know, a moderate Democrat. Meanwhile, California continues to burn. But don't worry, climate change is still a myth. And while the poor people in California are losing their lives and their homes, turns out the rich people in California are making out just fine through all these fires. Welcome to Forward Nation Radio. Thanks for joining us. I'm David Leventhal. And yes, the California fires are a microcosm of America as a whole. The wealthy are always doing just fine, despite how the rest of us are doing. Thank you for joining us for this special show on why we need to stop lionizing the super rich who are our lords and masters. And in fact, remember that the true battle in this world and this country is between those Super rich who want to control everything and the rest of us who want to have something to give to our children. I do want to talk a little bit about some news of the week in order to get the ball rolling. The New York Times reported this week an article titled EPA plans to soften rules to help coal plants. Hey everybody, destroying the planet isn't easy. Come on, they need us to chip in as well. The article starts out with language that I just... I think needs to speak for itself. So I quote, The Trump administration is expected to roll back an Obama-era regulation meant to limit the leaching of heavy metal like arsenic, lead, and mercury into water supplies from the ash of coal-fired power plants. So yes, we could call this the okay-to-poison-people proposal for the EPA, Let me just read again the names of those heavy metals. I expect that you've heard of all of them. Arsenic, lead, and mercury. What do you think of when you think of those metals? Right, you think of poisons. You think of poisoning children, stunting intellectual development, killing, things like that. You know, little things when it comes to money being made. It makes you think that When it comes to the Trump administration, the problem with the Flint, Michigan water crisis was, (laughs) gosh darn it, at some point they actually felt they did something wrong. Like there was something wrong about putting lead into the water that people were going to be drinking. This is truly almost beyond belief. Even in the Trump administration, it's just, you look at stuff like this and you just think, how unbelievably criminal can they be? And how blatant can there be in their, in their war on regular human beings. I guess part of the answer to that, as long as regular human beings are stupid enough to take it, I guess they could be pretty damn blatant. I think of this in the wake of Halloween. We just passed Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. But I'm reminded as I go around like kids get candy how paranoid we are about candy. We examine kids' candy because one wrapper might be loose because... Of all the stories about poisoning of candy and drugs in candy and razor blades. By the way, 
none of which apparently are true. I think there is absolutely no evidence of any Halloween candy being adulterated or poisoned in like the history of the world. But we're nuts about that. We come home and we examine our kids' candy and then we get them a drink of water so that at least they have something healthy on Halloween night. And it turns out what we really need to be scared of is the water. This is another reminder starkly of the willingness of the super rich to kill children for money and let's be clear that that is what we are talking about here yes this should be no surprise in the wake of as, as we've discussed just a couple of days ago in the wake of the testimony of boeing ceo and undoubtedly incredibly rich human being dennis, dennis mullenberg who feels really bad about having essentially murdered 300 and what 346 people but you know not giving the money back or anything a reminder of just what it really means that people will do anything to make incredible amounts of money one of the things i've talked about on this show and i talk about a lot in my class is one of the problems we have in this world right now in the old phrase everybody has their price most of us wouldn't push their neighbor into the street in front of an oncoming bus for $20. For $20,000, we probably wouldn't consider it. For $20 million, we'd be making up our own excuses for why our neighbor had it coming anyway. And that's really where we are in this country. The amounts of money that these people are making, I'm not sure that they started out all the time more scummy than the rest of us, but given the amount of money they had at stake, they sure as hell were going to get there one way or another. It's also a reminder, this whole story, just clean up your own shit. Aside from anything else we're talking, the idea that coal companies, that this is somehow okay, that coal companies should be able to dam up streams through mountaintop removal mining, should be able to dump toxic sludge, poison metals into water supplies. What happened to clean up after yourself? What happened to taking responsibility for what you do? I try to impart a sense of responsibility in my children, eight and six, which I guess they will have until they become incredibly wealthy, at which point they will then learn that responsibility is for chumps. Certainly not trumps. I do want to talk a little bit about some news of the week in order to get the ball rolling. The New York Times reported this week an article titled, EPA Plans to Soften Rules to Help Coal Plants. Hey, everybody, destroying the planet isn't easy. Come on, they need us to chip in as well. The article starts out with language that I just, I think needs to speak for itself. So I quote, The Trump administration is expected to roll back an Obama-era regulation meant to limit the leaching of heavy metal like arsenic, lead, and mercury into water supplies from the ash of coal-fired power plants. So yes, we could call this the okay to poison people proposal for the EPA. Let me just read again the names of those heavy metals. I expect that you've heard of all of them, arsenic, lead, and mercury. What do you think of when you think of those metals? Right, you think of poisons. You think of poisoning children stunting intellectual development, killing, things like that. You know, little things when it comes to money being made. 
it makes you think that when it comes to the Trump administration, the problem with the Flint, Michigan water crisis was, <laughs> gosh darn it, at some point they actually felt they did something wrong. Like there was something wrong about putting lead into the water that people were going to be drinking. This is truly almost beyond belief. Even in the Trump administration, it's just, you look at stuff like this and you just think, how unbelievably criminal can they be? And how blatant can there be in their, in their war on regular human beings? I guess part of the answer to that, as long as regular human beings are stupid enough to take it, I guess they could be pretty damn blatant. I think of this in the wake of Halloween. We just passed Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. But I'm reminded as I go around like kids get candy how paranoid we are about candy. We examine kids' candy because one wrapper might be loose because of all the stories about poisoning of candy and drugs and candy and razor blades. By the way, none of which apparently are true. I think there is absolutely no evidence of any Halloween candy being adulterated or poisoned in like the history of the world. But we're nuts about that. We come home and we examine our kids' candy and then we get them a drink of water so that at least they have something healthy on Halloween night. And it turns out what we really need to be scared of is the water. This is another reminder, starkly, of the willingness of the super rich to kill children for money. And let's be clear that that is what we are talking about here. Yes, this should be no surprise in the wake of, as, as we've discussed just a couple of days ago, in the wake of the testimony of Boeing CEO and undoubtedly incredibly rich human being Dennis Mullenberg, who feels really bad about having essentially murdered 300 and what, 346 people, but, you know, not giving the money back or anything. A reminder of just what it really means that people will do anything to make incredible amounts of money. One of the things I've talked about on this show, and I talk about a lot in my class, is one of the problems we have in this world right now the old phrase, everybody has their price. Most of us wouldn't push their neighbor into the street in front of an oncoming bus for $20. For $20,000, we probably wouldn't consider it. For $20 million, we'd be making up our own excuses for why our neighbor had it coming anyway. And that's really where we are in this country. The amounts of money that these people are making, I'm not sure that they started out all the time more scummy than the rest of us, but given the amount of money they had at stake, they sure as hell we're going to get there one way or another. It's also a reminder, this whole story, just clean up your own shit. Aside from anything else we're talking, the idea that coal companies, this is somehow okay, that coal companies should be able to dam up streams through mountaintop removal mining, should be able to dump toxic sludge, poison metals into water supplies. What happened to clean up after yourself? What happened to taking responsibility for what you do? I, I try to impart a sense of responsibility in my children, eight and six, which I guess they will have until they become incredibly wealthy, at which point they will then learn that responsibility is for chumps. Certainly not trumps. And that's the subject of today's show. Recently on this show, we talked about the real sordid aspects of the Hunter Biden affair. The fact that people like him People of name recognition, wealth, and privilege simply do not play by the same rules that the rest of us 
play by and therefore have wealth and all kinds of things handed to them their entire lives. That should be the true story of the Hunter Biden affair, despite the president's attempts, attempts at obfuscation. Even his whole idea of raising quid pro quo and defending himself by saying there was no quid pro quo, and that's not even a defense to the crimes that he alleged, no, the crimes that he did commit, the impeachable crimes that he, that he did, in fact, commit. Well, the whole concept of quiz, quid pro quo was raised because that's the, what the wealthy have been using for generations to defend their outright bribery of the U.S. system of government and U.S. policy. Saying that they could spend money to corrupt our political system, billions and billions of dollars to corrupt our political system and make this country work for them and not for us and not for our future. And it's okay as long as there's no explicit exchange of favors. So as long as there are only implicit exchanges of favors, well, we just call that free speech as usual in the United States of America. This is the story that this country once we kick Donald Trump out of office. This is what we should be focusing on. It is a reminder, this whole concept of quid pro quo and how it benefits wealthy bribery that, well, just a couple weeks back, Wall Street billionaires, Democratic Wall Street billionaires, fundraisers for the Democratic Party, publicly said that if Elizabeth Warren becomes the Democratic nominee, They'll possibly go to Trump. They'll either sit out the election, which is pretty much the same thing, or they'll go to Trump, which is, of course, going to Trump. And thus, we are reminded of a few things that Democratic billionaires saying that they would sell out to Trump because Elizabeth Warren might make them pay some more in taxes or not treat them with the respect and adoration that they deserve. Remind us of a few things. The first things it reminds us of, of course, is fuck Wall Street. Seriously, fuck Wall Street. Has it been 10 years already since Wall Street's greed, incompetence, downright scumbagginess destroyed the world's economy and required the American taxpayer to to bail them out to the tune of trillions of dollars? Have we forgotten that already? Well, they certainly have. We're once again back to being their absolute bitches, and we once again needs to need to get down on our knees and kowtow to their absolute greatness, despite the fact that we at this point should be their masters and not the other way around. A reminder how we bailed them out, and they just continue to screw us at every opportunity. It is also a reminder, fuck billionaires. Seriously, fuck billionaires. It's It's a reminder that Democrats need to stop looking to billionaires to save us. It is a reminder that basically the difference between a Republican and a Democratic-leaning billionaire, well, the Republican-leaning billionaire doesn't give a shit about anything except his or her money. The Democratic billionaire, well, pretty much also doesn't give a shit about anything except his or her own money. His or her own money. Maybe the Democratic billionaire might care a little bit about something as long as it doesn't interfere with his ability to have billions and billions more dollars, like climate change or something like that. But basically, we're reminded that the biggest difference between a Republican billionaire and a Democratic billionaire is basically where they think their bread is buttered, who they think is going to make them more money. Whereas, of course, for the rest of us, 
who will make certain billionaires more money should not really be the guiding principle of electoral politics. It is a reminder of what the Democratic Party is and what the Democratic Party should be. The Democratic Party, like the Republican Party, has sold out. The difference is, I guess, the Democratic Party hasn't sold out quite as completely as the Republican Party has sold out. There being nothing left of a Republican Party except for a criminal enterprise designed to funnel money to itself to keep itself in power. No, but the Democratic Party's awfully close. This whole concept of quid pro quo and campaign funding, this is a reminder of how much it has moved both political parties to the right economically, how much it has moved both political parties and the debate in this country in favor of everything that the wealthy people need and very little that the rest of us need. The idea that billionaires could stand up publicly and think that they are on firm ground to threaten the Democratic Party to not take on billionaires like themselves is a sign of how corrupted the Democratic Party is as well as the Republican Party, though not as much as the Republican Party. It is a reminder of how screwed this country is, being run as it has been for a very long time. And the evidence of that is all around us, in our airports, our roads, our educational system, which continues to crumble into shit. We are, reminder, we are reminded as we look around us at this country just how spectacularly screwed this country is. And we also, once again, reminded of how to fix it. And how to fix it is to stop billionaires from controlling the national debate and controlling national politics. In a sense, we need to be able to say, fuck you to the billionaires, which we can't do while they are our lords and masters and the lords and masters of the people who are elected, so to speak, to run this country. It is interesting to look at these threats from Democratic billionaires and think what it means about the alignment in this country. Not just the fact that both political parties have become beholden to billionaires and not beholden to average, the average working man and woman, but the, the more immediate alignment with respect to, to the 2016 and 2020 presidential elections. We've seen in this country forever that running as a populist will be tough. No, it will be impossible if Wall Street is against you. If Wall Street aligns its big money against you, the history of American politics is you cannot win. And it is another reminder, once again, how Bernie Sanders ultimately and succinctly is absolutely right about the big picture. And the big picture being this country needs a revolution to move forward. We need an utter revolution, a massive sea change in the way we do business and the way we elect our political leaders. It is time to stop looking for saviors and to start looking and requiring the American public to live up to the task of running this country itself and making decisions. Oh, God help us. We're screwed either way. Well, whatever. Uh, They've been saying leading up to the 2020 election, the conventional wisdom has always been that you need to appeal, if you are a Democrat, to Trump voters. Amy Klobuchar and others, whole race is premised on the idea that I can get those racist white voters who are worried about their jobs and their money back to the Democratic fold. That's been the whole, again, conventional wisdom that Democrats need to reject 
the populists, the real liberals like Bernie and Elizabeth Warren, because they wouldn't appeal to these Trump voters. Well, these statements from the billionaires allow us to look back at this and maybe reconsider this in a new light. I think I have heard from several people, and I expect that many of my listeners have as well, that are really kind of shocking. People who are Trump supporters who might actually have something good to say about Bernie Sanders. Not yet, I think, about Elizabeth Warren, but maybe a little bit about about Bernie Sanders. And maybe some of the reason why is in 20, we keep being reminded in 2018, the Democrats' success was due to suburban moms. And for a lot of Democrats, yes, the suburban moms left the Republican Party because they're dealing with absolute insanity and a threat to everything that this country has basically ever represented in its, in its more uplifting moments and optimistic moments. Well, maybe if we elect a Bernie or an Elizabeth Warren, the suburban mom, so we are warned, will get more afraid of the fact that we might come after some of their money than anything that Trump might do to destroy the planet for their children and themselves. And some of those suburban moms, some of those suburban dads, some of those Wall Street elitists who still don't want the planet to disappear because, after all, they've got billions of dollars to spend, might actually go back to Trump. And therefore, the Democrats can't win with those people. But here's another thought about that as well. Maybe it's actually the Bernies and the Elizabeth Warrens who could take back those Trump voters in the middle of this country. The ones who actually are against the elite that maybe in their more alert, conscious moments, those people realize are the truth threats to their own well-being. The people who control the vast majority of wealth in this country and all of the ladders of opportunity. Maybe progressives actually change the alignment in this country and suburban moms and the wealthy elite do go back to voting Republican, but maybe some of the racist assholes in the middle of the country actually vote Democratic for once, actually understanding where their bread is properly buttered. It's also interesting what this attack by the elite on Elizabeth Warren and progressives in general says again about taxes in this country. A week or so ago, Bernie Sanders was on Stephen Colbert. And it was in, Colbert did the usual media thing of getting Sanders to say, yes, taxes are going to go up. And Sanders was, of course, ready for this and figuring that he had a platform where he can explain himself for a couple minutes to people who might be a little more thoughtful than most of the electorate, actually said, yes, taxes are going to go up under my plan, but explained it as we've explained it on this show, which is that all the other ways that you are paying for health care will go down more than the amount that your taxes will go up. He defended his plan to tax wealth. He defended, in a sense, Elizabeth Warren's plan to attack wealth, to tax wealth. And here's the thing with Bernie's and Elizabeth's tax plans, wealth tax plans. Are they right? Is this a good idea for this country? It is blatantly obvious that this is a good thing for for this country. This is an absolute no-brainer. Way too much wealth is in way too few hands. It is not good for the country. It's not good for the economy. It is absolutely absurd to make believe that in any way, shape, or form it can be. 
But of course, in a media universe in a country controlled by wealthy people, that's exactly what we do. My own wealth tax plan for uh, my faithful listeners, uh, you will have already known this. My own wealth tax plan is way more ambitious than Warren's or Sanders' wealth tax plan. I think we should take a hell of a lot more money. It has been noted that the wealth tax proposed by Bernie Sanders might reduce the wealth of the ultra, ultra wealthy, perhaps even by as much as half, making us worry about how someone like Jeff Bezos will manage to survive on only about $85 billion or so. My own wealth tax plan, of course, would reduce their wealth dramatically more than that. This whole fear about mentioning taxes, as well as the elite assault on progressivism at this point in this country, also says a lot about the selfishness that continues to rule this country. And the fact that a country can't succeed when we are this selfish. Yes, obviously the fabulously wealthy are selfish. One might argue that in order for you to become that wealthy in the first place, you need to be pretty damn selfish. But it says much more about everyone else in this country, basically, who votes. Yes, it's true that Trump is bad for his voters. But ultimately, people look at taxes and their wallets, and that seems to be all they understand. And they just fight for every single penny that they think they rightfully deserve including their pennies that shouldn't be used to pay for public services, education, fixing roads, and things like that. You know why socialists are so hated among much of this country and Trump voters? Because socialists are actually asking people in this country to invest in the future. To not just take whatever they can right now out of the country, but to put money into this country for the future, to spend on infrastructure, to spend on education, to spend on maintaining the support and building what this country can have to prepare us to succeed in the next century and centuries beyond that. But of course, we are too selfish as a country to consider consider investing in the future. And that's why we're having our asses handed to us on things like infrastructure. Because saving for the future, investing in the future means giving up something now. And Americans as a whole just don't really want to do that. Now, of course, for the vast majority of this country, this will be much better for them and it will be much better for their children and their grandchildren and whatever else. But when you are also this ignorant, when as a society we are reminded how remarkably ignorant we are, often ignorant based on self-interest, well, those two things combine here and mean that we refuse to make a selfless, thoughtful decision for the future. It is much easier to just remain ignorant and ask for everything we want and to ask for it now. It is a reminder of the difficulties of the electoral math for the Democrats that puts too much power into too many places in this country where information consists of either nothing or Fox News, willingly uh, imbibed, I might add. It is a reminder of what gives Republicans the edge. Their appeal always to people's selfishness without thinking about the future, without thinking about anything else. Yes, Republicans represent the interests of billionaires who will survive climate change very well, who will survive mechanization, technology, 
offshoring will survive all these things very nicely because their capital will go around the world wherever it is most valuable and they will just keep getting richer and richer and richer. They're selfish pieces of shit and the fact that they get to talk to ignorant selfish pieces of shit who don't even have enough sense to fight for their own interests means that they have a built-in edge over anyone who might look at the American people and speak to them as if they were adults. I was reminded of this in the last week or so by a New York Times headline. The New York Times, again, being the preeminent newspaper in this country, and boy, sometimes that's awfully scary. The New York Times headline was, Democrats' plans to tackle wealth would reshape U.S. economy. Proposals from Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders have raised concerns from economists and business leaders who fear the plans would sap economic growth. And thus, the New York Times headline warns us all about any kind of wealth distribution planned by Bernie or Elizabeth. Well, we are reminded through this at how the New York Times, good as it often tries to be, is also corrupted by the money, just like the Democratic Party and everything else. It's corrupted by its advertisers. It's corrupted by the people they have coffee with and socialize with. This headline about the concerns from economists and business leaders. Well, let's talk about this article for a few minutes and what it actually should mean to us. First of all, the fact that business leaders are concerned about possible wealth tax. Once again, I get to say, what what do we make of that? Well, what we make of that is fuck business leaders. Seriously, fuck business leaders. This is a reminder that we should not give the slightest shit what they think or what they want. As George Carlin famously noted, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. Remember that these business leaders who were quoted are the same billionaires who we're going to tax. So basically, let's just say in the article, we asked the people who might have to pay a little more what they think about paying a little bit more, and they were against it. Wow, that's really headline-grabbing material. That's really important. Rich shit is against paying a little bit more. Huh, kind of makes you think, doesn't it? No, actually, it kind of makes you do anything but think. So let's move to the next aspect, dismissing this whole idea of what business leaders might or might not think. Economists. Well, economists might be all across the map. They might be more uh, nonpartisan. Well, you read the article and you're uh, certainly you go into this article and say, wow, I want to read what these economists have to say. Because frankly, this is hard for me to believe that people having all this kind of money locked up is actually a good thing for society. And I'm reading, and I'm reading, and I'm reading. And I'm halfway through the article before I come upon the name of one economist who was against this idea. And this is no joke. Who was that economist who was against the idea of taxing rich people? None other than Steve Mnuchin, our current Treasury Secretary and Trump bitch, and by the way, billionaire. Wow, what a surprise. Who could have seen that one coming? Boy, you could just knock me over with a, with a feather. What a remarkably insightful article this is, and what an important headline. But I kept reading down further, because I'm sure now that they've raised billionaire Steve Mnuchin, that we're going to just see an outpouring of all these economists who are against the idea of taxing wealth. And eventually I scrolled down further, and I got to Gregory Mankiw. Oh, yes, I knew his name was coming. Gregory Mankiw 
famed libertarian, famed believer in the efficiency of free markets, even as free markets destroyed the world's economy. Famed believer in whatever fantasy he wants to believe rather than facts that appear in front of him. Gregory Mankiw, who was the lead economist at one point in the Bush administration, Boy George administration, the administration that set the record for absolute incompetence in the federal government, that was ultimately broken or at least matched by the Trump administration. Gregory Mankiw, in order to take a position in the Bush administration that was running up massive and massive government budget deficits, need to quietly sweep under the rug his entire history of being against budget deficits. Yes, that Gregory Mankiw. What a surprise. Wow, we're really lining up the legions against this Wealth redistribution. Oh my God, this justifies that headline of, boy, business leaders and economists are really concerned about this. Better watch it, people. But you keep reading down the article and you start seeing a list of the names of other economists. Some of whom, as far as we know at least, have some credibility. Some of whom actually have a record of success and calling things correctly and being on the right side of facts. And you know what they all seem to say? They all seem to think it's a good idea. Imagine that. They think it's a good idea to take a few billion dollars from someone who has many billions and spread it out over a bunch of Americans. Does anybody really question whether this is a good idea? It may not be so great for Italian yacht sales, but to take a billion dollars from someone who has 150, 30 billion dollars in America and spread it out among maybe a million different people, does anybody doubt the positive impact that would have on the U.S. economy, let alone the lives of actual Americans. It turns out once you get down and you get past the headline of extreme caution, danger, Will Robinson, danger, Will Robinson, it turns out the the economists seem to be okay with this. But as you keep reading, you hear some of the concern about why this might be a problem. It is going to disincentivize people from being entrepreneurs. Why would you bother to make tens of millions, hundreds of millions or billions of dollars if you're just going to have to pay some tax on that? I mean, seriously, that sounds like a pretty good argument, right? Everybody out there listening, I'm sure, is also saying to him or herself, yeah, Dave, that's a good point. I mean, why would I bother to start something if I might be limited to like a billion dollars. I mean, I might as well just go back to playing video games, right? Instead of probably inventing video video games, which is where you're going to get rich. It notes in the article that Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax kicks in, starts at $50 million. $50 million. In other words, if you only make $49.5 million, this tax plan does not affect you at all. And we're talking about disincentives. What the fuck is wrong with this country? How could people say this with a straight face? How does the person writing this article write this and then not write, okay, yeah, I understand what I just wrote. I understand what that person just said. And just like the reader, I understand how unbelievably stupid this is. I understand what an offense this is to Americans, what an affront this is to decency and reasonableness that we would be talking about the disincentive to people for making more than $50 million. And by the way, here's here's another thing. If people can't get incentivized by the idea of making tens or hundreds of millions of dollars and not being taxed on that money, 
then maybe we're really too late. These people have way too much money to begin with. Maybe here's what we should do is take away all these fabulously rich people's money. Take away all their money. If we take away all their money, you know what they might be incentivized to do? Work for a living. Wow. That might even apply to somebody in the Trump family. You look at articles like this garbage printed in the New York Times and you think, and again, the article wasn't as bad as the headline, which was way worse. Um, Is this a typical case of liberals or reasonable, thoughtful people bending over backward to be fair to the other side? Or, and we can be pretty sure it's this one, is this just another example of how everybody in this country and every important aspect, a, a source of information, media, is absolutely beholden to billionaires. Once again, you want to move forward as a country. It is clear the first thing that needs to be done. Well, the second thing after throwing Trump and his ilk all out of office and and out of power. We need to take away the power of the super wealthy. And if we do that by taking away most of their wealth, oh goody, I have all kinds of ideas on where we could spend that money. Anyway, that's today's show. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal. 